and you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. Good morning. I got so many text messages like, man, you're a brat. You guys post a post about making an announcement and make us wait two days, but we really did want to kind of go on, on, on a family journey today and just share with you what the Lord is doing. How many of you know the Lord is doing something? good you guys believe you guys have faith today come on i'm just so thankful um this is your first time it's a great day for you to be here we're going to kind of talk a little bit about what god has done through the four and a half years we've been here at abide and what he's doing and what what i want what i hope happens to you today is that you receive faith in your heart like that you can see like as god is moving through a community that he wants to move in your life say my life I'm serious, I'm serious about this. I believe that as we share today the testimony of what God has done and is doing, that it can prophesy to you that he wants to do it in my life. That the promises of God for you are yes and amen in Christ, and that he wants to bless you. Amen? So no matter where you find yourself, I just feel like today God wants to breathe afresh on promises. Are you alive? I, I really believe today, like if you've been carrying a promise and maybe that promise has become weighty, it's become hard, it's become discouraging. I believe he wants to blow on that today because we are people of promise. We, don't, we do not get to stop hoping. Like, we, 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 are, we have a commitment at this house that we are going to believe God no matter what. Like, come what may, no matter what things look like. When the, when the pandemic first happened in, in 20, I don't even know when it was, 2020. I just refused to believe the narratives that were coming at me. The church, this, I'm like, I, I reject that. It's not that I'm ignorant. I just trust the Lord. Yeah. I know that our, 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 our well-being as a community of God is not contingent on a government, on a people, or on an economy. God owns a cattle on a, a thousand cattle on a hill. If he could preserve the people of Israel through the desert, he could preserve us. Yeah. We just got to believe the Bible. So for those of you that don't know, Destiny and I, before landing in this little city called Lithia, we were missionaries. And um, God had taken us through this journey of, we said yes to Jesus in 2008. We got married. And a lot of the people that you see here today, Covey, Anthony, we've been together since 2008. And I remember being in Jacksonville and us just kind of having this dream. Uh, Pastor Tyler, Tiffany, all of us, like, what if one day we can come together and do ministry as family? Like, what, what if one day God can knit us together and we can continue to build history with the Lord together and watch what God can do over a period of time? So we went to Africa, and how many of you know, when you go to places like Africa and Mexico, you just see God do amazing things. Yeah. I mean, the blind really do see, the lame really, like, all of, you see all of it happening. It's like what you see in the Bible, you see it, and when God called us back to the United States, we came back with that conviction, like, God, if you could do something like that in Africa, I want to see it in America. Yeah. Oh, half of you are there. Man, you, you've only, I'm, I'm telling you, when you see God moving that way, you won't settle for anything less. It will not be enough to just have a, a room full of people. It will be like, I got to have all that's available for me in the Word. So we came to, to this church, and we just, we, we started saying, talk, the first Sunday I came to this church, I spoke about God raising up a remnant. A remnant people that would be able to withstand and pursue God no matter what. How many of you remember? You remember, Judy? You remember? Janice? And I'll tell you this. We came to preach here, and we were so confused because there was country, there was cows. And I was like, 
God, like, we're inner city people. Like, put me in the middle of the inner city. That's where we will. And I remember coming here preaching, and there was 12 people here maybe on that Sunday. This church had 10, 12 people when we started. And I was just sharing with someone yesterday. I knew that this was home after I had spoken. We had a meeting in that back with a fish fry. It was a fish fry. We were a country church. And I remember Miss Judy. Can you stand up, Miss Judy, for a second? She hates this, but yeah. Miss Judy, yes. I remember when we were leaving, Miss Judy grabbing me and holding me and hugging me. And I knew. Like, it didn't matter about the vote. I knew that day I got in the car. I was like, this is, what, this is where God is going to plant us. So I just honor you and thank you for that because that was my confirmation. And so we came here and we started to, to just share God's dream and it really has been God's dream. The Bible is clear that when God builds a house, if God doesn't build it, it will not be built. You can, you can build something, but there won't be glory on it unless the Lord builds it. And what we're after is a house that's built for him with his glory. Because when God's presence comes, lives are transformed, people are healed, reconciliation happens, there's restoration when God rests on a community. So throughout these years, man, the first six months of being here were hard. I mean, for those of you that don't know, we lived in that back building, what's now the nursery. That's where we lived because we had sold everything. And we had gone all in to be missionaries, and God called us back. And so I remember them saying to us, hey, we're going to help you move. I'm like, we really don't need help. <laughs> like, we own a bed and a dresser. We don't, we don't need help. And we came here, and we just began to believe with God that God wanted to do something in this community. And throughout the, throughout the months, I remember getting, we came here in June, and in December of that year, which would have been 2017, I believe, we were tired. We were like, I don't know. I remember we would, me and my wife would have conversations about God moving here, what God was doing. And I remember one day it was hard, and I was like, well, you know, this is the trump card. When you Jesus juke someone, you're like, what did God say? Didn't God say we're supposed to be here? And I'm driving in my Honda, and we're talking about it. I said, well, God said. And my wife's like, well, God, did God really say? And I'm like, crap. It's getting, it's getting bad. She's questioning the trump card. Like, I can't. And it was, it, I mean, it was, and it was, had nothing to do with the people. We just had this dream inside of us that God was going to do something. How many of you know when you have a dream, take ministry out of the equation. When you have a dream, God has planted a seed in your heart. It becomes hard sometimes when you don't see things moving forward and the way you thought they were going to move forward. So I remember um, telling our community, we're going to go on a 21-day fast because that's what we do, right? And when things get really terrible, like, well, we're just going to stop eating until God does something. <laughs> so we, we went on a 21-day fast. It was January. And I remember we were fasting. And we were like, we didn't really share this with the community, but we really needed God to confirm to us that he was in this. The people were amazing. And God had really grown. I mean, we had even, we had even grown from maybe 12 to 30 people, which was great. I mean, it was amazing watching God. But there was just more. We just needed. And so how many of you know, like, when we were singing about being, God being an on-time God, sometimes God being an on-time God looks like him showing up on day 21. I mean, it was like 20 days of nothing. I'm like, I'm on a hunger strike. I don't hear you. I don't see you. I'm like, what is happening right now? And on the last day of the fast, we had a service here, and um, Covington actually used to drive all the way from Jacksonville every Saturday night, sleep in my living room, play worship, and drive home, and we had no money, so I would put gas out of my own bank account and say, I'm sorry, bro, it's going to get better. <laughs> Every week, I'm like, I'm so sorry, at the 7-Eleven. 
And on the last, that, that last Sunday, Covington couldn't make it because he worked for T-Mobile. So my wife was singing worship, and I was fake playing the guitar. You got to fake it till you make it. I know how to play G, C, E minor. And I remember, I remember it was so hard. And I remember there being a, a young lady and her, her son that came that day. And we did the service. We, we, we spoke, and she left. And then she came back. Her name's Kimberly Woods. And she came back, and she's like, this is going to be weird. And I remember sitting right there saying, we had pews. I'm like, my God, I need weird, please. I'll take anything. And she shared this dream that she had about all of these people going past her in the dream and God saying, her, her saying to them, where are you going? And at the time, we used to be called Life Church. And the young people said to her, we're going to go to Life Church. You should come. And she shows up on that Sunday, and that was all the confirmation I needed to know that God was here. And after that Sunday, I remember there being an, an acceleration of people just coming. Some of our staff members, the Valentines, different ones, coming in that season and God expanding us and growing us. And then very quickly, we grew, we grew, and it was God. We never spent $1 on marketing. We would preach we are a hidden people. If God doesn't build it, we don't want it to be built. And we continue to stay in that vein. We would not mark, we just spent one money on marketing. If we, if we showed anything, it was what God was doing. And so I remember um, us growing and going into two services, which we have two services now. And people began to speak about what are we going to do next? We need to build. We need to expand. And I remember praying to the Lord and saying, okay, God, what do you want to do? Because we, we don't want debt. We want every, every dollar that we have to go to building the kingdom. And I'm not saying that if you build or you have debt, you're not building the kingdom. But that just So the Lord said to me, hey, listen, be patient. We're gonna, I'm going to bless you. And it's going to be my way. That was the promise. And so for, for years, I would tell our staff, hey, listen, God said he's going to provide for us. There's going to be a coming together, and he's going to bless us. And so even throughout the years, how many of you know when God gives you a promise, sometimes you begin to look at things, and you think that is the fruition of the promise. I mean, you start to try to piece things together. And so two years ago, God had planted that seed in my heart, and I shared with our staff, hey, listen, God is orchestrating a narrative that we cannot write. It has to be him. We have to follow him. We have to trust him. When things get hard, we don't get to give up. We continue forward. And so there was a scripture that I really anchored into that I want to anchor us into this morning, and I believe it can be for you. Let's open up to Romans real quick. Romans 4. I want to share this with you really quickly, and then we're going to make the announcement, and I'm going to share some of what God is doing. But I really want you to catch this because I believe there are people in the room today that you have been believing God for your families, for your ministries, for your finances, whatever it may be, I want to assure you today that God's promises are alive. Hear me today. God's promises are alive, and I believe he wants to cement that in today. Like he wants to anchor us in, his words are alive. And I know that would be hard for some of you because there's been a lot of opposition. And what, what I want to propose to you today is that you would allow the, the opposition to prophesy to you that you are carrying something. I'm serious about this. I've learned that the, the, the greater the opposition, the greater the glory and the greater the testimony. 
I'm telling you something. I know it's hard. We've just walked through this. We're on the other side of a season now as a community of stepping into promise. But there is a wilderness and there is a promise where God prunes you, develops you, and he produces something in you where you can step into promise whole. So I want to release this today. This is talking about Abraham. But Abraham is the... He is the father of our faith. That's what the, how the Bible describes him. He is the father of our faith. We started off this whole series maybe, what, three months ago on promises, and we did not even know that we would be here today. We just felt like as a leadership, we need to talk about the covenants and the promises of God and say to this community, his promises are alive. That was three months ago. Yeah. And we actually started with the covenant of Abraham, and that's how we're going to end today. With the covenant of Abraham, but, but in Romans 4, it says this. So the promise is received by what? This is verse 16. So the promise is received by faith. Say faith. 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 The promises of God are not received through striving. They're not received through maneuvering. They're not received through you orchestrating. The promises of God for you say me. me. They are received through faith. Faith in who God is and faith in his ability to produce what he spoke. It's not just, it's both and. It's not just believing that God is good or that God is able. It's that God is willing. That he is willing and he is wanting to bless you with what he has spoken into you. If you're in this room today, you're not carrying anything. You're like, I don't even know what that, that prompt. I encourage you to get alone with God and allow him to deposit something on the inside of you. We're not made to wander from week to week and hear words from pastors and let that be our good old lullaby. We are meant to hide ourselves with God, receive seed, and give fruit. So it says to us, the promises are received by faith. It is given as a free gift. This is talking about grace. But listen, grace, saying yes to Jesus and receiving that, is the beginning of a beautiful journey with him. It does not just stop at saying, yes, I give you my life. That is the beginning of a continual yes. Saying yes to Jesus, surrendering, and abandoning your own life, because that's what you're doing. You're not inviting him into your own life. You're abandoning it, and he's giving you a new one. That is the beginning of a journey of dependency and saying yes to him. Trusting him when things look scary, and going even when you're afraid. It's the stupidest thing. I, people are like, I just don't know if that's God. I feel fear. You, what do you do? You go afraid. You trust him. You believe that he can sustain you, that he will, that he will keep you. And I'm preaching to somebody, maybe two of you. So watch this, verse 18. This is, this is what I have been anchoring myself into for a while now because the Bible says that God counted Abraham as righteous in a time where righteousness was not really available because the Bible makes it clear that the law cannot produce righteousness, right? And that was all, that the Old Testament was all under law, yet there was something about Abraham and the way he lived his life where it says he was a friend of God and he was counted as righteous. And I believe verse 18 gives us a key for us into what it looks like to step into this. And it says this, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept what? He kept hoping. Believing that he would become the father of many nations, meaning he believed the promise that God had spoken to him. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. 
And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. It's a sad day. (laughs) And so was Sarah's womb. But verse 20, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promises. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this, he brought glory to who? To God. He was fully, I love this, he was fully convinced that God is able to do what he promised. So God gives Abraham a promise that to him is impossible. He's like, I'm a body of old bones, like, and my wife, I ain't going to say it, but he said it. But yet in the midst of all of that, like, and God's saying to him, listen, as many stars are in the sky, those will be your descendants to a guy who believes there's just no possible way. Yet in the midst of that, he found a way to keep his heart anchored in hope. To continue to believe and to hope when there was no reason for hoping. And I want to say to you today, man, I don't know where you're at in life, how discouraged you may be, or what religion tried to sell you, but you've got to find a way to continue to hope when you can't see anything worth hoping for. There have been many times in Gio's life where God has spoken to me in my prayer closet and the moment he spoke a word, I made a roadmap for how that thing was going to come to pass. A, B, C, D. And the moment A started and I didn't get to B, I'm like, whoa, whoa, that must have not have been God. And I'm telling you today, what God is asking from us as a community, if you're here today, it's for a reason. You're not here by happenstance or because there's a big announcement post. You're here for a reason. And what God is asking us as a community to do is to let go of the pen and let him begin to narrate the story. We let, him, we let him author the story and we let him write and we trust him in the process. Like, man, what about my dysfunction? What about it? Die a thousand deaths to that and allow the Lord to begin to move through you and create a new story. Allow, listen, let's be a community that say, look at what the Lord has done. I'm not interested, like, even the announcement today, I just want to say, like, this has nothing to do with us. Like, the narrative of abide of this community has to be the Lord built it, and unless he continues to build it, it's all going to fall apart. What does that produce in us as a people? We've got to be completely dependent on him. I believe it's what the Lord is looking for, man. There are hundreds of people right now going to colleges to get degrees to try to do God's work. And I'm not against a degree. I got one. But I'm saying what he's looking for first and foremost is will you be completely dependent upon me? I would rather you go to four years of the prayer closet. And allow the Lord to kill all the pride and all the needing to be known and all the stuff. And just produce a, a something inside of you that says, if I don't have him, I have nothing. In the Bible, there are 7,000, almost 7,200 promises that are given to us, which should prophesy and speak to us that, that we are a people of promise. And I just want to say to you that God does not speak, he does not give promises without the wanting for you to fulfill them through and in you. you you've got to receive that today. Like every situation that we go through, and, and this is, 
This is kind of how, how I'll end it and I'll, and I'll share. Every promise that God gives us, if properly submitted to him, will, will become an opportunity to be discipled into what God is wanting us to become. That's not just in the good times. It's like when we're walking through seasons of difficulty and adversity and we cannot see how God is working. Even when we read verses like Romans 8, 28, God works all things together. When you say that to somebody who's going through a hard time, it's like, bro, get out my face. It's not the right verse for the moment. Read the room. But what I'm, what I'm saying is in the midst of that, if you will submit that situation to the Lord and you'll say, God, I don't know why. I don't need to know why, but I, I want to know what you're doing. Yeah. Sometimes why is the wrong question. It's like, God, what are you trying to show me? Yeah. If you allow God to, to, if you submit everything to him in those places, what you'll see is that difficulty will disciple you into becoming the person that can withstand and, and, and properly steward what he's given you and what he wants to give you. So about three months ago now, I had a dream. How many of you know dreams and visions are last day language? Wow, three of you knew that. And the last day I will pour out my spirit, there will be dreams and visions. It's, it's the Bible. <laughs> I love you so much. In the last day, there will be dreams and visions. So I had a dream, and in the dream... I was standing on the side of a building, and um, my spiritual father was in the dream, and there was another gentleman. And in the dream, I walked up to the side of the building, and um, he handed me like a bushel of keys in the dream. And I had no reason to have the dream. I was just, it was really strange because, I, I mean, there was a moment where we thought that the promise was going to happen in a different way. So honestly, when things didn't work out the way we thought they were going to work out, I was like, I'm going all in on abide. We're going to do the 10, we're going to do the 6, and, and, and honestly, the 6 p.m. was amazing. The 6, the six here is fire. Yes. Like the 6 o'clock service, the good kind of fire. Um, so when I had the dream, I was like, God, I don't know what to do with that. So I shared with my wife, I said, I had this dream, and in the dream, the gentleman handed me a bushel of keys, and I started crying in the dream. I mean, like, I just started crying, and, and, because I understood in the dream that it was the fulfillment of promise. <laughs> Like, when you're waiting years and years, like, when, when my brother got saved, all I could do was cry because it was a seven-year promise that was fruition. There are times where you're carrying something, you're like, there's nothing I can do but weep because <laughs> there's nothing I could do to do this. So I had that dream, and I only shared it um, with, with my wife and my spiritual father just to pray. I'm like, I don't know, I don't know what it means. So I'm in Atlanta, and um, I, I'm at Gate City, and you know what? I, well, actually, we'll share the announcement, and then I'll tell you the rest of the story, yeah? excited to announce that Abide Church is expanding. Grounded Church and Abide Church are coming together into prophetic promise as one family.
We're standing in our new location coming January 2022. About a year ago, the Lord spoke to me right there, and he said, Gio, this building is not, is not your church. This is the house of prayer. And so for the longest time, we felt like God planted a body in the region, first and foremost as a house of prayer, to cover the region in prayer. That we would be a blessing. Months ago, even, the Lord spoke to me to believe him. I just want to show you the power of prayer. This has nothing to do with Gio. It's just when he finds a people that will partner with him in prayer, he can move. He will move. So he told me last year, Gio, I want you to believe me for 20 prayer rooms in the region. And I was like, Jesus, I'm just trying to get one. <laughs> like one is a lot. And so I was standing in a room and we were talking about to gather 2022. And, and I, just, I just heard a report that in our region now, there are 14 prayer rooms in our region right now in Tampa. That's a reason, yeah, that's better than the building. So I was in Atlanta um, at Gate City Church, and I got a phone call. And I don't have to go into the whole phone call, but there was a series of events that began to happen where the senior pastor at Grounded was going to step down. And, and about two years ago, we began to talk. And he's like, man, we really need a vision. Our, our house is lacking vision. And the Lord would begin to knit us together. But how many of you know there's, a, there's the right time? Yeah. Like there is an appointed time for everything. And we don't get to choose the appointed time the Lord does. So we began to talk and have conversations. And through a series of events, um, I had that dream. Actually, beyond that dream, one of their staff members had a dream. And in the dream, one of their board members saw me in their pulpit ministering. And it, that, that campus was abide. And there's so many prophetic things that happened. Tyler went to go play. This is, he calls it the stupidest miracle ever. But actually, it's amazing. <laughs> Tyler was playing pickleball, and uh, he's, he's talking to somebody about, about his paddle. Somebody comes around the corner and says, hey, man, I heard that you wanted to get rid of your Walmart paddle. He's on a Walmart budget right now, praise God. And he says, hey, I really feel like I'm supposed to give you this paddle. So we're at the board meeting on Monday night, and he's sharing the testimony about the paddle with my spiritual father. We walk into the board meeting, and when we walk into the board meeting, the guy that gave him the paddle is a board member. It's freaking crazy. It's like, what is going on here? You know, so there were so many things along the way that happened that was like, if you don't, if you can't see this is the Lord, you just can't see. Like, you need eye salve. You need help. And so last Monday, we sat down, um, and, and I, my, there's a lot of question marks, right? When God works things out, there's lots of question marks. But the most important thing is that, is this what the Lord wants? Like, is this the Lord? It all comes down to that because all of the contingencies and all of the things become secondary when you know God said. You navigate and you lead through. So last Monday night, um, there was a lot of warfare. It was crazy, a lot of warfare. Matter of fact, I was going to the meeting to go sign the papers to become the senior leader of Grounded. And on the way to the meeting, a car hit me. Literally, just like a car rear-ended me and drove off. I'm like, what in the world is happening right now? So... Finally, on that Monday night, we voted, and it was a unanimous decision. I think this is important for you guys to know, that there was a unanimous decision with the board members, the elders, and the deacons, that Destiny and I and our team would come, and that would become our new Abide campus. So, so the building, I want to say this very clearly, the building is amazing, right, that God would fulfill, but the greater blessing is that God would add 75 people to our family. 
I got to get this. The, 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 the greater blessing is that we would have the opportunity to love those people, receive them, and that they would become a part of our family. Like the reason I didn't, we're not live streaming today is not because we want to keep it hidden. Like I really want to beckon you guys as a community that when we come together as one family that we really love well. Like we got family plastered on the back of the wall. And, and we believe that it's one of our values here. And we believe that as we step into this promise that we have an opportunity to put the test one of the values of the house. And so that church has been there for over 50 years. The people who have been there have been there forevermore. Forevermore. <laughs> and so I think it's important for us because we're going to show up with our ripped jeans and our ponytails and all of our stuff. <laughs> I'm talking about me now. And it's just important to know that when God brings two people, a people together, that there has to be a lot of grace. Yeah. Say grace. grace. A lot of grace. And I just want to make this really clear. I'm thankful that God blessed us with a building, but this is not about a building. This is about prophetic promise. When you orchestrate something and you do it according to, hey, this is the transaction, you try to transactionalize everything. When you walk according to prophetic promise and what God has spoken, you walk according to the fear of the Lord. You treat it differently because it's not transactional. It's not something you made happen according to dollars. God said it, God provided it, and now we have to hold it loosely, and we have to steward it well. So how does this play into you? What's going to happen here? Just, just very briefly, this is going to be our house of prayer now. We're going to continue to expand the house of prayer. It's going to be a neutral space for us to continue to do what God has called us to do. The backbone of this church is to pray and to come to the Lord in intercession. The campus down the road, we're going to... Everybody, I'm going to go next week to Grounded. I'm going to bring back the family. Next week I will go. I will become the senior leader, and I'm going to bring everyone back here. Look around. It's already packed, so it's going to be fun. <laughs> but we're going to have grace, and we're going to love. And we're going to take the month of December. We're going to remodel, and then we're all going to go back to that campus together. And we're all going to worship the Lord and we're going to believe the campus over there will fit from 350 to 400 people. So the Lord has blessed us. We're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to take some money and we're going to invest it. And actually today we're going to invite you to sow into that. And if you don't have faith to sow into that, then don't do it. But I wanted to give the family the opportunity to sow into what God is doing as a community. This is not me leveraging any situation. It's like, it's time to sow seeds because we're stepping into harvest. Right. God giving us a bigger building is because he wants to continue to bless us and bring us people to steward, to continue to bless. So we're going to be going back over there in January. We'll be doing a conference over there in January. But, but I, I just want to say this, and this is kind of where I'm going to land, and then we're going to pray together, and we're going to take a little bit of time, and we're going to pray for our grounded family that is now abide. But when you step into new seasons, you see this biblically. As you step into a new season, the way that God deals with a people in a season changes. So just to use the people of Israel as an example, when the people of Israel were in the desert, and I don't believe we were really in a desert season. Like we've been blessed through COVID. We've added staff members. We've been blessed. 
We've added services. That's what happens when you give God the pen. As everything is, like, that's not been our story. We've been blessed. When the people of Israel were in the desert, God provided manna for them. How many of you remember this? God provided manna for them. Their clothes grew, their shoes, every, nothing got worn out. There was divine health. They never got sick. They, they, they had the pillar of fire, the smoke. Like, there was a lot of supernatural things that the way God worked for them in that season. God takes them into the promise. They march around Jericho, which is an amazing battle strategy. How are we going to take Jericho? You're going to march around it. So that would have been, wouldn't have been my strategy, but God did it. They step into promise, and then once they step into promise, God is no longer providing for them. He's providing through them. It's important that you see that distinction because the way that God deals with us in different seasons, they will require a pivot from us. I'm not saying God's not going to provide for you. That's not what I'm saying. What I want us to be aware of as a community is that as we step into prophetic promise and what God is doing, he will deal with us in a different way. For some of us, he will require us to give more. For some of us, he will require us to take a step back and just heal. What I'm saying is no matter what he's requiring of you, you need to be aware of the process. I don't know how long it took, but I, I would assume that the day after they stepped in the promise, somebody was still looking up and waiting for the manna. And somebody started coughing and was like, yo, what's going on? We don't do the whole coughing thing. What, what I'm saying is like, we've got to be aware of what God is doing in the moment. No matter what happens, God's hand is on us. Like there were things we could not do in this facility because we were limited by space. Our kids' facility is now going to be the size of this building. So God, yeah, it's amazing. So, so what, what we'll be able to do in that campus is incredible, but, but I just want to fight for this. It can't be about a merger. It can't be about a campus. It's about putting the Lord at the center. We're discipling a community to continually put the Lord at the center. It's God's story. It's God's testimony. And what I said in the beginning, I pray that it would prophesy to you and your God dreams. What, what I couldn't see happening in two years, God did within a month. There was such an acceleration when God began the process that, that it was almost like we could not keep up. So, so I just want to say to you today, man, actually I want to pray into this this morning. And we left some time specifically for this. I want to pray for anybody in the building that is carrying, carrying weariness due to a promise. This is going to take vulnerability. It's going to take vulnerability to be like, yeah, like that, I don't know. Like it's hard for me to keep hoping right now. But I'm telling you right now, there is a grace on our community to continue to trust God and hope in him. I'm telling you with all faith. God has provided, like I left that meeting even after I got rear-ended, thinking like, God, you really did that. Like I spent two years saying God's going to do it. How many of you know by faith you can say a lot, but once it happens, you're like, it really happened. It really happened. Like that's crazy. So, so the campus will be like 10 minutes down the road. We're not going far. But we, have, we went from five acres to 10 acres, from, from two buildings to three buildings. I mean, God, God is just expanding us, but, but all that to say, like, let it be a prophetic declaration for your life. 
that you are a part of a community where God is beginning to accelerate the promises and the dreams. And it's not just for abide. Abide is not a building. Abide is you. You are abide. So here's what I'm going to do. Cubby, can I get some mood music, bro? Yeah, my wife wants to say something. Yeah, yeah. I just, I got so emotional watching the video because like he was saying, we had went through a process last year where I allowed myself to completely numb to the feeling of this even being a potential. Because if I'm being truthful, I was really disappointed in the Lord. I felt like the Lord let me down. And so through this whole process, the Lord was like, I'm going to show you that I did not let you down. And we were, we were praying and it happened really fast. And our spiritual father called us and he said, Destiny, waiting on the Lord can be really hard, but there's something that's worse than waiting on the Lord. I was like, what's worse than waiting on the Lord? He's like, wishing you had waited on the Lord. So I was like, okay, thank you, Jesus, for this prophetic promise. But I just want to tell you one even better part of the story is that it's 100% debt-free. We, we are completely, both campuses are completely debt-free. And so I like, I stood back and I said, wow, God. And I was in a, a prayer room on Tuesday night and it wasn't our prayer room. It was actually Mike Dow's prayer room. And the Lord literally, I felt like I, cause I had caused myself to go numb to feeling. So we signed paperwork on Monday night and I was like, I'm like not rejoicing and I'm not happy. And I'm like, what's going on? And the Lord told me, he said, you allowed hope deferred to come in. And he's like, so your heart needs some healing. And I was like, okay, Jesus, would you do some healing? And I, I closed my eyes and we were there just singing. And I saw the Lord, literally, it was like an organ, like an internal organ. And I saw the Lord sewing up my head to my heart. And I began to feel. And so when you guys like erupted, I lost it because I was like, Jesus, this is the prophetic promise. And this is just a glimpse of it. And one of the things through this whole process is we asked the Lord, I said, Lord, we want to be really good stewards. We want to be really good stewards of people. And we want to be really good stewards of your presence. And I know there's many churches out there and usually they're gifted in one area or the other, but they're not gifted in both. But I said, Lord, we want to really be good. So we want to invite all of you on the journey. And I know that um, he was telling you guys, it's going to take grace. You're probably going to get rubbed the wrong way. Some of these people have been there 50 plus years. You're going to sit in their seat and they're going to not know what you're doing. <laughs> but we get to go really low and we get to serve another body that needs healing. And they're about to walk through a really hard season because they're losing a shepherd and then this shepherd looks a lot different than the one they're used to. <laughs> but if we could use grace for them and use grace for one another, I think it's gonna be one of the most beautiful testimonies of our church. And uh, I just remember when we first came here, and we'll have to show you pictures when it was just full of pews and like, I, like ivory columns and greenery everywhere. And I had someone come up to me and we were very small at the time. We only had like 25 people. And she looked at me and she said, can you see it? She's like, can you see it? It's gonna grow. And if I'm being honest, I couldn't see it. I couldn't, like, I was like, this is a nice word, 
I wanna believe what you're saying. I wanna have buy-in, but I'm like, I really don't see it. She said, it's okay, because I can see it. And you can stand on my faith right now. And so if you're struggling through this, just stand on someone else's faith and believe that it's gonna happen. And if you're struggling with a promise and you're saying, Lord, the best thing you can do is stand on His Word. His Word is what sustained us through this past season. Because why you guys didn't know, you didn't know the whole process, it was heartbreaking to walk through a potential merger and it just deteriorate like that. And there was time invested and I just, I had to, I had to stand on the Word that he said he who is able to start, like he who is able to start the work is able to complete it. That he is the author and the finisher. So he doesn't just start something without finishing it. So if you have a promise that you're holding on to and it just, just does not feel right, he is not finished. If it is not good, he's not finished. He's not finished. And, and Jeff and Kara, I just wanna prophesy over you guys real quick because I know that the Lord has his hand on you. And I know that like Lakeland's gonna be safe for Jesus. And that, that, you, that we're not just building him a house, but you're building him a house too. And so we just thank you, Jesus, right now for a building, God. We thank you for divine wisdom. We thank you for divine strategy, Jesus. We thank you for many more houses being open for the gospel, God. We just thank Thank you, God, that Nebraska is going to see Jesus and all these other places are going to see Jesus and Lime Street's going to see Jesus and all these places, they're just going to fall in love and parking lots are going to encounter Jesus. And we just thank you, Father, that Lakeland's connected to Lithia and Lithia is connected to Brandon and Brandon's connected to Tampa and Tampa will be yours. Central Florida will be yours, Jesus. I thank you for raising up a remnant. I thank you for raising up a remnant of people that will say, we will build you a house and we will wrestle until we have the promise of God in hand. Jesus, if you're, if it's not good, you're not finished. And we stand on your word. We stand on your word that you are a man that you would not lie, God. So I just, I want to just pray right now for every prophetic promise that you're just struggling with God. We say no to hope deferred. We say no to sick hearts, God. We say no to numbness, Jesus. We stand on your word that you are good, Jesus, and you are willing you are willing. You're not just willing for our neighbors. You're willing for us. And you are faithful, Father. You could have labeled yourself as anything, but you labeled yourself when you return as faithful and true. So we stand on your faithfulness and we stand on the truth, which is your word. Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, just stay, just stay there. Can we just close our eyes? I actually... When I was praying this morning, I saw us covering those who, as they, even as they heard the testimony, you just feel like, man, I'm not sure that that could really happen for me. To just cover you and, 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 and speak faith into you. So if that's you, you're in this room and it's been, just been a struggle, a weight, a burden, would you just raise your hand? Yeah, that's good. Just, just for a moment, we're actually going to, as family, cover. Just put it high. Let me get my prophetic company. These are people that we trust. We're just going to, we're just going to come alongside some of my leaders, elders. If you just want to put a hand right now, we're just going to cover them right now in prayer. If you don't have a hand up and you're a leader in the house, I want you to find someone. Father, I thank you that 
your word says you are no respecter. I have some people in the back. It's really important that everybody's covered right now. There's some people here. I'm just going to take a moment. It's important that everybody's covered. That's what I saw the Lord doing. Father, in Jesus' name, your word says that you are no respecter of persons, God. So, Father, you said today to cover, to bless, and to encourage those that feel discouraged, that cannot see a way, Father. And I thank you that you are a God who makes a way where there is no way. I thank you that you are, like my wife said, the author and the finisher, God. So I thank you that you are, you are writing and you are going to finish every story, Father. So, Father, right now we speak dreams, visions, and visitations over every person. In Jesus' name, we bind discouragement. We bind faith, but we bind hope deferred. We bind sadness, depression, anxiety all of the things that would come on God's people and we release peace over you. Hope, life, joy. And Father, we pray that every dream, we declare that every dream that you have spoken is alive. It is alive. It is alive. And God, even though we cannot see, we trust that you are working. We trust that you are good and you are willing and able to accomplish all that you have spoken. So we bless them. As a family, I'm telling you, let's just come into agreement in the room. You don't need me to lay hands on you. We are a family. Father, we bless them. And God, anything that we have to give as a family right now, we give it and we cover them. That they would leave and that yoke of discouragement would be off of them. In Jesus' name that they would trust again, that they would hope again, that they would see again, God, that they would take out the sheets of paper and the pens and begin to dream with you. We bind discouragement. We trust even beyond what we can see. I'm telling you, streams in the desert. Streams in the desert. Father, even now, we just, we put on the armor of God again. We put on your armor. We just thank you for the breastplate of righteousness that guards our heart. It is not our righteousness, but it is your righteousness. And so we just guard our hearts this morning. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are a good steward and you will not mishandle us. You will not mishandle us. I just thank you for dreams realized. I even speak to dead dreams that have been like 25 years old and you just literally have given up hope on them. Dreams realized again. I just see them coming. I see them like springing up even now that they're just beginning to grow again. Jesus, we thank you that you can be trusted. You can be trusted. You can be trusted with our lives. You can be trusted with our families. You can be trusted with our dreams and our plans. So Jesus, we submit them to you again. We submit them to your Lordship again. Oh, we thank you. We thank you for your armor. We thank you that we do not stand in our own strength, Jesus. That this desire is not our desire, it's the desire that you put there. And you said that you would give us the desires of our heart, Father. 
So right now, we just submit those to you again. Father, we bind anything that would stop and is hindering us right now from stepping into fullness. Every person. Father, anything that's blocking us from being able to receive the overflow of John 10.10, life and life in abundance, Father, we just say no to that right now. And Father, for every dream in this room, Father, we even declare financial prosperity over them right now. In Jesus' name, that debt would be paid off and they would be free to do all that's in their heart to do, Father. Father, if you did it for our church, you can do it for them. We cover them. We bless them. There's a beautiful invitation. For